Seymour Butts, Haywood, you blow me. Charlie, dude. Charlie. Willie or Wony. Charlie. What's up, dude? We have a show. Yeah, give me give me five, man. I just gotta finish uh filling out these signatures for my petition to run for governor. Oh, sure. Gotta, sure. Col- gotta collect ten thousand of these things. <laughs> okay. Buster Hyman. Mike Hunt, Hugh G. Rection, James E. Craig. Um, hey, Mark, I need, I need a woman's name. You just, you, just said, you just said one. Anita. Anita Cock. That'll work. Toastin. Let's do it. Assistant breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. There's there's no party in there for me, bro. <laughs> right, let's get right to it. Right now, Republicans are weird. They are a strange group these days. The country club versus the Elks club. White people may be the most self-segregating group in America. Working class whites don't much like rich whites and vice versa, never have. And yet here they all are in the same convention hall in Grand Rapids, trying to agree on which candidates to endorse for November. The grocery store gentry, the self-important politician, the preening lawyer, the social skeleton, and the brown loafered political operative scheming in the corner. Juxtaposed to them is the self-sufficient loon, the precinct delegate stoned on high-grade cannabis, the cow farmer who smells of Old Spice, and a suburban insurance adjuster in khaki and heels. The aristocratic Republicans have always known that they don't have the political numbers, so they've spent millions to warp the working man's mind. They've convinced him that things against his interests are good for him, like war, China, Wall Street, I could go on. But now the working class whites have figured the game. It's their party now, and the rich boys have to play along. How amusing it is watching two men in blazers admire each other's Florida tans Mm. until a guy with bad teeth and a red hat shouts, I used to be a Democrat. And the tan guys in the tan belts and the caramel colored wingtips laugh at that one until the red hat guy goes off to vote against him. (laughs) Jesus, says one, we're in fucking trouble. The fancy guys worry about men like this. Their grievances are real and deep. And much of it was caused and is caused by the fancy people. 
The fancy people worry the working mob are on the edge of a sustained and possibly violent revolt. He bemoans that the working mob has hijacked his party. The endorsement convention was in Grand Rapids last Saturday to bless candidates for attorney general, secretary of state, and other stuff nobody gives a shit about. What this convention comes down to are those candidates who do not believe the election was stolen from Trump and those candidates who make believe they believe the election was stolen from Trump. Nobody talks about wages or inflation or prison reform or schools or gross domestic product. Now, an African-American man was shot dead in the head by a white Grand Rapids cop. His funeral was last Friday, just before the convention on Saturday, and Al Sharpton flew into town. You'd expect BLM to be protesting the convention center for the headlines if nothing else. Except it was crickets. They do things different in Grand Rapids, I suppose. Meanwhile, inside DeVos Place, DeVos, one of them fancy guys, he got a whole convention center named that to him. The Michigan Republicans reached a compromise since the working guy no longer trusts the election process. So they had machines tabulate the votes and then human beings double check the machines. Except human beings make mistakes and the first round of voting takes so long that people start whispering. It reminds me of the Democrats in the TCF Center in Detroit back in 2020. Small human errors snowballing into conspiracy. This is the worst goddamn convention I ever been to, says an old timer at the urinal who's been coming since Reagan. <laughs> it's incompetent and the chairman's gotta go. Now sensing an opportunity, I probe him with the culture wars right there at the urinal. Yeah, well I say, if my aunt had balls, I'd still call her my aunt if that's what she wanted me to. <laughs> and he says, whatever makes her happy, but your aunt shouldn't be allowed to swim against girls. <laughs> Booyah! See that? I mean, it's reasonable. Nobody's hating anybody. If you're taking a weird road into the back alleys of American life, you want people to be sensible. Sensible. He's not hating. It's just, it's sensible. Welcome to the middle. Now, the second round of this endorsement voting goes worse than the first round. The ballots are generic, so instructions on where to place the name of your candidate are posted on a screen overhead, but the names on the screen do not correspond with their place on the ballot. So mayhem ensues. <laughs> Stop the steal, I holler as I walk into conference room B, the counting hive. A supervisor comes over. Where are the tabulating machines, I ask. Why can't we see them? I don't know, she says, they're somewhere in the back room. The back room, the back room, the smoke-filled back room. What kind of tabulator are you using? I don't know, she says. It starts with an A, but it's not Dominion. It's AccuVote OS, says a Macomb County delegate. It's definitely not Dominion. Well, uh -oh. not exactly. You see, AccuVote OS is a product made by Premier Election Solutions, a subsidiary of Dominion Voting Systems. But what do details matter when matters of the political soul are in question? So I'm driving back to Detroit and I'm thinking, who's in charge of this party? What is this party? As it happens, everybody's wondering that. Oh, did you have a good time? I had... I got these you know, over here. Yeah. 
Hiking. I had an awesome time. Yeah. I did. I really enjoyed those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, they remind me of family. In fact, my cousin was there. You know, and he's like, oh, geez, DePerno. DePerno's the, the lawyer who is now the endorsee of the party, except okay. he's in trouble with the Attorney Grievance Commission, and they might take his law license for bilking, allegedly. Okay. Uh, clients and stuff and you know everybody's split but everybody's agreed that the country's a mess yeah They're, they were really decent people and you know everywhere i was there was only one asshole and it was me <laughs> <laughs> i'm serious like you know went into the bar to get the sandwich in a, in a, in a pint of beer like everybody did at the intermission yeah and i'm explaining tcf and that it wasn't stolen right that the 73% precinct's not in, in, in balance were like one vote. It's basically like your checkout counter mm -hmm. for getting to scan the corn, but it still went in your bag. Yeah. That's all. It was like 400 votes out of 172,000. He didn't want to hear it, and I go off to the toilet, right? Yeah. And he says some shit. And I turn around and I say uh -oh. some shit. And one of these Buster Browns and his loafers is like, hey, guys. And fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. I'm there. And I go, you! <laughs> Shut up, it's our party now. <laughs> and a bar erupts in applause. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good time. The, that's the thing, man. Like, if you don't know it, poor white boys do not like rich white boys. I had no idea. You didn't know that? No, I'm joking. You yes. know that, right? Of course. That's yeah. right. And Karen's like There's a split between rich and poor. Yeah. Yeah, but particularly yeah, amongst the whites. Like yeah. white people. There's a lot of like well, why is that? Let me let me ask the two white people in the room. Why is that? Mulatto. Uh, okay, ha, I pass. Ha, You're have, right. Have and have nots. I think it's kind of normal. Mm -hmm. Some people have and some people don't. And some class shit left over mm -hmm. from Europe and everybody that came over was broke ass and all of a sudden you got some money and you think you're something special. Yeah. Right? And you're pushing everybody around and looking down on them and make fun of the clothes when they grow up and you don't got a car and your dad's greasy. Right? And, yeah. they, and they, they fucking... There was a lot of anti-Irish than anti-Italian, anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it don't we always embrace that, that what divides us. I mean, that's kind of strange. We always find and hook ourselves on those things that separate us. You know, look at us versus them, regardless of what it is. Well, yeah. and to Charlie's point, there's a lot more in common amongst people than not. That's true. True. true but, you know, like. Because they just want things to be fixed. You know, I, I grew up here, you know, man. Sure. I, 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 I I didn't grow up, uh, belonged to the yacht club and shit. I have anything against you now, but I did then. Mm. Like you go, you go play like gross point in a sport. That's where your shit gets stolen out of your locker. You know well, I mean? also they leave their car doors unlocked because they are so comfortable. So they make themselves quite convenient, um, you know, for, for, for criminal activity. Let me mm. say it that way. And, you know, lower class whites, you know, have a higher incidence of criminals. So it happens when you're broke. So they get it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's why kind of when we're talking about that Grand Rapids cop and stuff and the black guy, like the majority of people that get dropped by police at traffic stops are white. Right. But the, the fancy white people, the ones that now occupy the newsrooms and stuff, they think that. You probably deserved it because I, I, I'm white. That doesn't happen around here. You know what I mean? Obviously, you get a good lawyer. Like, what fucking lawyer are you talking about? Yeah. Right? 
So white people deserve it. They're out of this group in this hall. You want to know, you want to know why they are mad? Because they picked a candidate, Donald J. Trump, that for the first time in 25 years since NAFTA is articulating, dude, the bottom's falling out. Yeah. They go for it. They don't know much about him. They see him on TV. And then now the media starts to shit on their choice. Now, Trump never gets a day off. The Russian steal, the Ukrainian phone call, the, the double um, impeachment. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at it like, you know, you don't want my guy to get done what I asked him to get done. So they start internalizing it like it's me. You you are shitting on me. Yeah. You don't like they, me. They identify. I'm mm -hmm. allowed. I'm the racist, right? Yeah. No, I'm just a dude trying to feed my kid, right? Then the media starts to call them allowed and a racist and a white nationalist. Yeah. And they're pissed. Understandably. And so now they 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 start getting driven into uh I got stolen, man. Of course I got stolen. But don't forget, the fancy white people, the Hillary's and shit, were playing that too. That, you know what I mean? Trump was illegitimate. Trump's just picking it up and saying Biden's illegitimate. This, what the fuck is going on? So I'm at a convention hall, and the whole thing is basically stop the steal. That's what's going on with Republicans. And they can't even do the vote right. Yeah. Which is so nice. <laughs> what does that sound? <laughs> Sounds like a washing machine. Uh, I think uh, someone turned on the air or the heat. Who, Drew? Yeah. I think he's here now. Oh, hey, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> okay. The air or the heat. I don't know. I, who you never know in this house, Karen. Things just get turned on and off. So it's, it's a little. It's, yeah, but you know, Drew is like the the consummate teenager, and so I mean, he's got the coolest. I, I don't know. So you're right. You never know who's there. You never know what's going on. You never know what's going to happen. You'll come downstairs. You got one set of people upstairs. You go back up. It's a yeah. whole other group. Well, you forget someone actually lives here too. Yeah. When you're stuck true. down on the lower level, that's what happens. Was it him? Yeah, he's like, I didn't know you were, uh, are you live? I'm like, like every Friday. At one, yeah. He goes, are there counties downstairs? It's not for you. <laughs> that sounds like the Drew we know. Which is a nice segue for our underwriters. I'll get to that in a moment, but what is this Republic? You heard me. Hey, fancy guys, fancy guys. You're going to withhold your money. You're angry. What's going on with the party? You got a couple of shysters trying to, trying to hijack and stir up regular people. That, that's on you power grubbers. Yeah. All, all, all we want is fixed roads, you know, good police, good schools. Leave me a fuck alone. Yep. Don't tell me what to think. And something to retire on. Very simple. It'll never happen, Charlie. Shit, Karen. That, that's that's why the redneck love you. <laughs> I mean, it just won't. Because we've said this before. I mean, it's not design. I, I did an interview yesterday, and they were talking about. You know, <laughs> I said, <laughs> and I said, money is not intended for those who don't have it. It's it's not set up for wow. a certain. Segment. It's not. It's not. It's 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 not set up for a certain segment of society to benefit from all the things that exist in this country or even the opportunities. It's just not set up that way. You're it's saying it's not. not set up for you to get it. Yeah, it's just not, or to, or even benefit from it. Charlie, you think about, you know, whether they're organizations, you think about, you know, the departments that are set up in terms of quote unquote social services that are supposed to help, you know, the underprivileged. Those people aren't helped. 
Yeah, I mean, at all, because they're never brought out of the situations that they somehow find themselves in. You know, they're given an inkling of something and and just drawn along. But it becomes poverty is generational. I mean, nobody. I I say this. I say this. Here's the deal. And this is for my first column for the Detroit News. We they, they made us. Karen and I are now officially columnists at the Detroit News. Here comes Drew grubbing a coney. <laughs> hey, Drew. Karen says hi, Drew. Hi, Karen. Hey. Is this show live? Yeah, it's yeah, live. every Friday at what one. Is it? Hi, yeah. Karen. How you doing? I'm great, Drew. Drew how are you? Drew, Drew, are you a Republican? Where's Grace and the Conies? <laughs> what, you have no interest the in the conies. show? There's the Conies. Jeez. Hey, Drew, are you a Republican? Uh, I'm not either. He's independent. What if I told you that a couple... God, fuck it. This is unbelievable. You know I'm busting in on your show today. <laughs> I was hungry. This is a great appetizer. He, he liked my, my Uncle Paul. Like my, I didn't know it, but my Uncle Paul was senile, and they made him live in my room with me. And I just thought he was the coolest guy because he was four years old. And he'd go, go get cookies. I thought it was okay to get cookies. Then I got yelled at because he was senile in your back. This is the best ad for Grace's American Coney Island. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt show you. Show it. Go ahead and show it. Show, show the Coney. All right, show the Coney. I'll open it up. Go ahead. What? what? Here, right what, there. What? Just, Have you ever opened one? Jeez. Oh. Now, dude, take a bite of that and tell us, tell us what you're feeling. <laughs> he doesn't want to eat him publicly, Charlie. He's got to earn it. I love these Coney's. I, Charlie, I just walked in the door like 10 minutes ago, and my, the only thought in my mind was, are the Coney's here? I saw I Grace's car. I'm good. You're like this. Uh, let me turn on the air conditioner. I think I'm good at Cody. I turned the heat on. Fuck. Is it freezing down here? No. No, it's fine. But the show great. kind of is going. Okay, ahead. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah, that's at Lafayette American. I mean Lafayette and uh, uh, Michigan Avenue, downtown Detroit, American Cody Island. Get twelve, Drew. You can just get them delivered. Go to AmericanCodyIsland.com. Thank you. Listen, let, let, let me give a word uh, from our other underwriters before we get to this. Big news. The signatures were due for the Republican primary for governor. Mm-hmm. You got to file 15,000 signatures if you want to get on the ballot as a Republican to be the governor to take on Gretchen Whitmer. Very endangered. Had a few drinks with some politicals last night. They are worried on the Democratic side. Besides all yeah. the money yeah. and the disarray in the Republican Party. Yep. They should be. But it uh, could be, looks like it's being challenged, like the two front runners, uh, Perry the Mummy Johnson <laughs> and Slippin' Jimmy James Craig uh, Chief may have had copious forgeries. Interesting. Which is weird. Yeah. In the Republican Party, when they want shit clean and fake votes and stop the steal... And the quality guru don't have quality on his signatures. Unbelievable. So we're going to have the left and the right. Oh. Right. The challenge is the, the, the man on the right from the super PAC, the man on the left from the Democratic Party, coming together like ebony and ivory. Yeah, that's, Craig brought them together. Yes. That's indeed. great. He's a unifier <laughs> against his signatures. Then we'll get into a little, little bit of economic news, a little news from the border. And uh, Monica Kanyas is running again. But she can't hold office, right? I don't know. We'll get to that. Okay. Why do you get to ask stuff I'm not ready for? I don't know. I thought about it, but Karen... I thought maybe Karen knew the answer. Karen, can Monica, the ex-con Conyers, 
<laughs> the ex gun. <laughs> the ex Is she allowed to hold any oh. kind of elective office if, if you're a convicted convict? Well, that's the thing, you know, and, and I'm assuming that she's had some legal uh, investigation as to whether or not she can or cannot. I think timing is going to be an issue as to whether or not she'll be able to. But you remember in 2010, um, you know, there was a law passed that if, in fact, you have been convicted of a felony, that you cannot hold office for 20 years. I think that was for me, that was the Kwame thing. I think mm -hmm. people did. They just wanted to make that's sure a, that Kwame would never come back and run again. That's a state um, rule, right? Yeah. It is. So, so, so Karen's assuming that Monica Conyers. Well, we're going to look at the timing of this, Charlie. You who know, felt up my balls in a jazz club, wondering if I'm wearing a wires and sitting there with a notepad writing everything down. It's a good move. I told her I was, uh, no, that was a roll of quarters she was feeling <laughs> right. when I was flattered. <laughs> what? One assumes she got some legal Quarters, advice? Charlie? Hmm. <laughs> A whole bag of them. <laughs> Speaking of a whole bag of quarters, Luke Nowacki. Huh? Mm. Luke Nowacki. <laughs> Roll a I'm just going to have to sing it because I didn't have it ready. From Pitical Wealth Strategies. Listen, uh, you guys see in the market today, woo. Oh, yikes. Red, 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 red. You see it like uh, three days ago? Yes. Black, 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 black. Yeah, it's all over the place. What in the world? Right, GDP's falling, inflation's up. What do you do? I know what I do. I call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well Strategies, 248-663-4748 for sound, rational, focused, personal financial advice. And if you can't get that done, let me do it this way. Yeah. David Hall's finally taking my advice, and this is how he's telling you his financial instruments are built for you. Do you have credit card debt? Yes. Student loans? Uh, a lot of people do. Is there a home remodeling project you need money for? Always. A cash-out home refinance from Hall Financial is the answer you might be looking for. I've been telling you that. You may have thousands of dollars you didn't even know about. The average house has gained over... $30,000 in value in the last year. Think about that. You got credit card debt, 14, 15, maybe 20. You got a student loan. You got a leaky roof. What's a refi cost? Five, six? Mm -hmm. Something like this? Oh, yeah. Right? You get what I'm saying, folks? You're paying too much to the man. You, you, you are in control of something. So, consolidate all your debt into one manageable mortgage payment. Think what I just said. I mean this. I do love you out there. I mean this. This is, this is a way. This is a way. I, I don't know about you, but I'm sitting around talking to my wife about the finance, about the food. Oh, yeah. About the prospects of work in a year. Get your shit together. Hall Financial can get you cash out, refinance payments in as little as... Eight business days, less than two weeks, people. 866-CALL-HALL or online at callhallfirst.com. And if you need that roof redone. Who, is it, wait, you're telling me you have someone else to call? Let's just say you live in one of those communities in Gross Point or Pleasant Ridge or Detroit. It's historical. Let's, mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw one out there. And they got, if it's historical, they got... A lot of rules. A lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of ordinance. A lot of code. A lot of things you got to do. And your project's stuck. And you're like, damn, I'm I just screwed. I just called Hall. 
I'm ready to go. Got my money, yeah. And I can't get the city to move. I can't get the state to move. Who do you call? Who? You call ADR. <laughs> That's Barry Ellentuck at 248-318-9424 for all of your needs, construction, deconstruction, remodeling, variances, et cetera, property management. You get what I'm saying? You know I've been talking about them yep. for, for years now. Cut through all that red tape. Honest, ethical, and reliable. Barry Ellen, take an ADR 248-318-9424. Mm-hmm. God, I'm good. I'm getting really good at this. Well, as you long as you don't get... You should do it for a living, Charlie. What's yeah. that? I said you should do it for a living. That's why this is the largest news hour listened to in Michigan. And that's because of you are smart people. It'd be great if it wasn't interrupted by the guy that lives here. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a troll. <laughs> what do you do? Jesus, he's looking bad. Imagine <laughs> him wanting to come to his own lower level. I know. I know what's wrong with that man. I love that guy. He turns <laughs> out the heat in the middle of the show. We'll call Ellen Tuck. Snuff him. <laughs> Snuff him out. Okay. Ugh. So... Let's do. To, to me, it was interesting. The Republicans can't get the shit. Oh, by the way, I, I need to tell fancy people I love you. You know we talk, and all your working people, you know I'm telling them. You know, it's a nice place to be right here. It's a good life where I've earned, where I could speak my mind and I can speak with people. I'm not afraid of them. I do respect almost all of you. There's a couple you can't. And everybody knows it. But I respect you. And I don't want to fight you. I just want to get to spring and have a beer. Yeah. And be welcome. And hopefully that beer won't break the bank. Right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Pack of cigarettes and a six-pack at the grocery store, at the, at the gas station. $20. Oh. <laughs> and isn't it time, I was at this convention, is it not time to get rid of the returnable law? Get rid of uh, yeah. the 10-cent deposit. Get rid of it. Most people know. Oh, is this, does that still exist? Yes. It's an, oh, it's an awful, needless tax. Right? <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I think people know to recycle if you can do it. Yeah, and you know what? At the recycling plant, they've got magnets. Yeah. And they got separate. people in gloves leaning over, grabbing any bottle and any can. It's, it, this is 1979. It's no. a needless tax. The store doesn't want it. The pe Give us a break. It's a pain in the ass. It is. Mm -hmm. I just want to drink my beer and be I'll, done with it. I'll recycle them. I'll throw in the recycle. Do you take your bottles and cans back? No, I, I leave them out for the Boy Scouts. You leave them out for me. I take them back. Oh, uh -huh. okay. I've thrown away for years. I don't what? Yeah, I, I, I put mine in the recycle. Yeah. I'm not doing that. It's either. a lot easier than taking them back to a store. I don't need to see how much I've been drinking. <laughs> I got four garbage cans in the garage. Like, this is... You know, and I took a garbage can to the recycle joint. Yep. Nope, we don't sell that. That's oh, like self-service at a grocery store. It's like, I'm not, you know, because they forgot to pick up our bulk a couple weeks ago. And I had to call and say, hey, you drove past, you know, our bulk. He says, well, what is it? I said, there are some boxes. He said, are they broken down? I said, no, it's bulk. It's stuff in the boxes. He said, oh, he said, well, you should, you know, do you have a recycling container and i oh. said no he said do you want one i said no i want you to come pick up Take these boxes <laughs> yeah. like i'm not doing all that i'm gonna put it in the trash and i want somebody to come and get it and do with it what they will i'm not doing that now speaking of stuffing the boxes there's something afoot here in this republican primary pre-recorded is mark brewer former chairman of the michigan democratic committee who filed uh, a grievance mm -hmm. a complaint with the election commission on fake signatures you can just go online yep. and also on the right 
is Fred Zolek uh, from Michigan Strong, which is a conservative super PAC supporting Tudor Dixon, one of the Republican potential candidates that's also been charged, uh, challenged by Mark Brewer. This guy was busy. It's unbelievable. Oh. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. It's pre-recorded. Uh, listen to it. It's it's fascinating. And this qualified voter list really needs to be cleaned up because the signatures mean more when they're being gathered than they do at the voting booth. I'll leave it at that, and we'll see you after this segment. Okay, so this is fun. Politics. I don't really like them if they don't involve people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, Karen? I like it when they involve people, not uh, self-important political writers and, you know, the scheming captains of political parties in the corner. Gas bags. Yeah, yeah. The, the boring stuff. But this is interesting because a week ago, Tuesday, signatures were due, right, mm-hmm. to get on the ballot in the primaries, yeah. you know, for the Republican nomination. And you have to have at least 15,000. And a week later, joining us is um, Mark Brewer, the former chairman of the Michigan Democratic Party on the left. And on the right, Fred Zolik uh, of Michigan Strong, a super PAC, conservative super PAC, supporting one of the Republican potentials, Tudor Dixon. Yeah. On the right. And both of these guys, I don't know how you did it, but in a week, <laughs> they went through all of these things, 21,000 for Craig, James Craig, about 21,000, 22,000 for uh, Quality Guru, Mummy. <laughs> Quality Guru, Mummy. <laughs> Harry Johnson. Harry Johnson, yes. And Tudor Dixon, <laughs> who runs a nice, competent campaign and nobody's paying attention. So guys, what did you, f- in a week... What were your findings? Fred, you can go first. Fred, since you're the Republican and you're blasting Republicans, what did you find about former chief of police James E. Craig? Well, it looks like the, the Craig petition drive campaign wasn't um, wasn't on the up and up. I mean, I, my, here's the way this works. When petition circulators are getting paid, they will test you. And the first week they're out there getting paid to collect signatures, they'll slip in some bogus ones to see if you're paying attention. And if you're not, and your quality control standards aren't very good, you're going to get a lot of slop. You're going to get a lot of fraud. You're going to get a lot of forgeries. And apparently the Craig um, quality control operation took the week off. And so they got literally thousands of forged and fraudulent signatures, enough to keep him from qualifying from the ballot. And then apparently the quality guru's quality control standards weren't any better. And uh, so he's suffering some brand damage here. Uh, maybe they're going to take his guru card away. <laughs> so you found forged signatures. How many How many of these 21,000 do you think are fake? You know, and the whole uh, spectrum of ways that you can get this wrong when it when it comes to turning in valid signatures, you can you can have them dated incorrectly. The certificate of circulator could be wrong. Uh, they could be someone from Macomb County could have sh- signed a sheet that says Oakland County. Uh, they could have put down an inaccurate address. They could be not registered to vote. We found over 7,000 of the 21,000 plus signatures for Chief Craig to be invalid one way or another, including, you know, a string of like 17 or 18 sheets of petitions in a row that were from the same circulator, all signed in the same handwriting. It was as obvious to us 
looking at these that like, how could you miss this? But that just demonstrates that they had no quality control management at all in the collection of their signatures. Mark, on the left, what did you file? You filed a 145-page challenge in a week to James Craig Singer. What did you find? So uh, we ended up uh, challenging nearly 10,000 uh, of the signatures. Whoa. Some of the same grounds that you heard Fred raise, you know, defective circulator certificates, defective signatures, etc. But we found in nearly 7,000 forgeries uh, among a group of eight circulators. And here's the way we came at it, Charlie. I I've seen some of these circulators work before. And frankly, it was always frustrating to me. I suspected forgery, but we couldn't get at it. Um, here, I, we saw these eight show up, and they were clearly cooperating. Uh, the, the signatures, the, the, the handwriting is consistent across several of these circulators. Uh, and, and so we had that. We had what's called round robining, where they were clearly passing sheets around a table and each signing in turn. But then we also went back and got petitions from two years ago, which the same voter had signed, and the signatures are dramatically different. They're not the same. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, high wire politics. For, for those of you listening, trying to understand this process, you're keeping the signatures from the last election cycle and you're comparing them to these signatures. Correct. And we also found, we also found signatures of deceased voters. And don't take my word for it. You don't have to look at the obituaries. These people that we found, at least 30, are listed as deceased on the state's own records. So the only way a deceased voter's signature shows up on a petition is by forgery. So we think, I, I've never seen this amount of evidence of forgery in a petition drive. And clearly, as Fred pointed out, there was no quality control here. Uh, they were either desperate for signatures, didn't care, weren't paying attention, whatever. And so all of this has now come to roost for the Craig campaign. Um, you even used handwriting experts in your... Exhibit. Well, we didn't, we didn't use experts, but again, if you do enough of this work, you know, the patterns are so obvious. Charlie, I mean, distinctive letters, distinctive styles of writing. You don't have to be an expert, I think, as Fred pointed out, to, to recognize, you know, similar handwriting across multiple petitions. That doesn't take an expert. No. It's interesting. One of the things you learn is that the circulators are actually pretty talented at faking people's signatures and making them look a little bit different. But when they write down the street address their attention deficit disorder sort of kicks in and they're unable to write the address in different handwritings 10 times on the same page. So they've, they've just sort of foil themselves when it comes time to write something as benign as a street address. They can't help but default to their normal handwriting. Is this, is this an exercise that you guys do for every election? Or I imagine maybe there was a tip off like, hey, there's something going on here. Or is this something you do for every candidate? It does vary. I mean, you know, Fred has his method. When we took a look at these, we immediately noticed the pattern among the, the gang of eight, we've come to call them. And so we dove, we dove in. I mean, look, we even found duplicate signatures. Allegedly, the same voter who signed Craig's petitions twice, clearly forged, with, down to the same typo for their street address. <laughs> you know, they were making the same mistake, and that's a giveaway, too. I mean, a voter knows how to spell their street right? Somebody who's a forger makes that mistake, and then some other forger copied the mistake on a later petition. Where does this gang 
get the names and the addresses and and all the stuff they're going to fill out on, on this form? You know, you go on the internet and find lists of voters, right? You can look at prior petitions. You can go through a phone book and and list folks. That's not hard, uh, Charlie. Uh, the, the, the you can the also you can also pointed out is trying to mix it up and disguise your forgery. You can also purchase which people do the the qualified voter list the the, the listing yes. of all eligible voters from the secretary of state right yes okay so it is important that that qualified voter list be accurate i think we're seeing that now that that there are estimated one out of 10 people on that qualified voter list probably don't live in the state or are deceased so we're now seeing it's not just when you go to cast a vote that your signature, your qualifications are important at the very beginning. Am I right? Well, well Charlie, look, the fault here is not in the state's list. I mean, we can debate the quality of that list. The fault here oh, yeah. are these criminal forgers and the candidates they work for who let this happen. Okay, guys. I gotta- From my standpoint, the quickest way to become Mark's prey and to, to be vulnerable to this sort of challenge. Number one is to turn in less than the maximum number of signatures. I mean, you have to have a minimum of 15,000 signatures for one of these statewide campaigns. You turn in a maximum of 30,000. If you're not within a rounding error of 30,000, you're doing it wrong. And number two, the way to end up falling into this pothole is to pay no attention to what these people being paid by the signature are turning in. And if you turn your back on both of those things, you know, for instance, Johnson and Craig both turned in roughly 21 or 22,000 signatures. Danger sign number one. It's too close to the, to the bone there. You might get caught. And if your quality control is zero, then you're going to end up in big trouble. So, you know, did I did you find any other inaccuracies in from the other candidates in terms of the signatures that they turned in? Or is Craig the only either target here or uh, the one with the biggest disappointing number of, of accurate signatures? Well, a colleague of mine um, undertook a similar examination of Perry Johnson. Uh, one of the issues here is though, that we all have you only have seven days to challenge. So you have to make some tough choices about who to focus on and what to focus on. I think if we'd had more time, we'd have found a lot more um, signers who weren't registered. But we decided, Karen, to focus on the forgery. And that was the principal case that we made. Um, more time uh, and other resources. For example, um, the state has a master file of all the signatures of every voter used for a variety of important purposes. That's not available to private parties like Fred and me when we examine these. If there was some way that we could legitimately see those signatures, that would be a huge help. Because what we did now is we allege the signatures are forged. Now the state staff has to go look it up in that file. We could do that work for them if we had access to that file. Are they going to look at everything? Do they go one by one? They, they, they will look. They should look. And I think they will look at every signature that we alleged and, and, and Fred's client alleged were forged or otherwise defective. Now watch this, guys, because it's power to the people, so it's always got to get to the street. Mark, can you put up this? Yeah, I can put that one. Back. These are the nominating petition um, pages where the signatures are, your, your, your street address, where you live, etc. So I knocked on the door of this, what do you call it, circulator? Canvasser, signature collector. I went, 
I went to go find uh, Yasmin. First oh, of dear. all, look at, I knocked on Yasmin's door, but Yasmin's got her street name wrong. <laughs> She's got four or five different zip codes, 4808 nothing, 48089, 48009, no, none at all, 48089, you know, on and on, guys. So right there, this isn't valid, right? Because she didn't even get her own street address correct. If you get the street address wrong, that's invalid. Um, but zip code will not invalidate it. But I think the thing you also see, look, as Fred indicated, circulators who are committing forgery try to hide. Okay, you know, Mark, 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 address? Address? Yeah. let me get super technical. Uh, it's an apartment. They didn't list the apartment number. I had to go in the apartment block and be knocking door to door to door. So does that matter? I don't, I don't believe that's enough of a defect to throw out the entire petition. Okay. Uh, but you do need a valid street address, a state, a uh, city or town. Uh, that's so, among other things, the state can track you down. What about when, the fact, put these back uh, up, Mark, put them back up, uh, Fred and Mark. What about the fact that all these signatures look the fucking same? Well, that's That would point. be a bad thing. I mean, there's 15 straight pages of this. This is terrible. The other thing that you look for is, you know, complete pages, right pages without any cross outs or errors that's not the way this worked if you're on the street you don't fill every sheet and people make mistakes and they cross things out you get a lot of perfect sheets and that's another sign that there may be forgery going on well and here's just a pro tip if you're doing a petition drive that's sketchy don't turn all the sheets in in order of county and circulator. <laughs> Normally, you might need to maintain that for your own scorekeeping system in the office, but you want to shuffle them like a blackjack dealer before you turn them in to make it hard for somebody like Mark or me to say, look, this pattern is too obvious. Look at these two guys. Left and the right, bookends. These are the political hitmen, ladies and gentlemen. This, these are the people whispering into Chuck Todd's ear because <laughs> Chuck Todd doesn't know shit. It's these guys. Now, these guys is, make this it. This aggravates both of us because we both do petition work for initiatives and candidates, and we run clean operations. And then these people come in. And they just don't pay attention to the statute. They, I mean, James Craig team tried to turn in 4,200 petition signatures at 420 on filing deadline to augment his filing. It would have put him up around 27,000 signatures. Unfortunately, four o'clock was the deadline and his attorney apparently didn't know that. So those 4,200 signatures were rejected and just not counted at all because they didn't pay attention to that basic piece of the law that's hard and fast. So the rest of the petition drive sort of reflects the fact that James Craig has been really poorly served by a whole bunch of people. Uh, I kind of feel a little bit like he's the victim here. I don't think James Craig sat down and had some mastermind plan for undermining the way petitions are collected. He assumed the people who he was relying on knew what they were doing. Similarly, I mean, Perry Johnson's undermined his entire brand here by exercising no quality control while advertising <laughs> himself as a quality guru. Just hard to believe. Uh, that he entrusted. Now, the people he entrusted this to have a pretty checkered history with petition drives themselves. I mean, the part-time legislature campaign was a fiasco uh, as a petition drive. And previously, the same team tried to get Jerry Zanstra on the ballot for the United States Senate and forgot to collect any signatures. Well, apparently, uh, apparently Craig and Johnson were using the same signature yes. collectors. Yeah, there's significant overlap. At least six of the eight we identified for Craig also worked for Johnson. Oh, wow. The eight we identified may not be the only forgers, 
I suspect that there are other forgers at work in these petition drives. Alleged forgers. Mark, I'm not sure about how the statute works. Can you file additional challenges now that the challenge deadline has passed and then it's up to the board whether to accept them or is this it? The board has been, and the law has been pretty firm on that, Fred. Uh, In the past, the board has allowed additional evidence of duplicate signatures to come in late. Um, But... Yeah. Uh, so if we uncover more, though, I'm going to attempt to bring it to the board. They okay. should see it. This is this is a violation of the criminal law, not right. just of election law. Now, listen, I did talk to another one of the gang of eight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Diallo Vaughn. And as you allege in your paperwork, Mark, I said he, he wouldn't meet me. We were talking. I had to send him a photograph of his signatures, which seemed to be signed four different ways. And I sent it to Mr. Vaughn, and he goes, oh, no, that's, it changes when I'm in a rush. And I said, you mean when you're in a rush, sometimes the D on your name, the loop's at the top, and then sometimes the loop's at the bottom, and then sometimes there's no loop at all, and sometimes when you write the number two, you've got a loop in that, and sometimes you write with a straight line, and sometimes your number four is open at the top, and sometimes it's closed like that. And he said, Absolutely. He wasn't signing those petitions as circulator. Somebody else was forging his name. I, I, I tend to think good of people. And so if Mr. Mr. Vaughn is saying so, I'm going to have to take his word for it. I mean, but you guys are the experts. Where does it go from here? What are the odds? First of all, what are the odds Craig's getting booted? What are the odds that Johnson's getting booted? Well, look, I don't make, I don't make odds. I make cases with evidence. I've never seen this amount of evidence of forgery and the drive and I've been practicing law, election law in the state since the eighties. Um, the bureau and its staff will now investigate these allegations, check these signatures, hopefully interview these people if they can find them. Um, Cause I think there's a powerful case of forgery here in both the Johnson and the Craig campaigns. And is there enough in Johnson's campaign to take him out too? Yeah, I believe so. Cause look, what I think what should happen here is Maybe my colleague didn't challenge enough signatures on their face to knock Johnson out. But what we did file was massive amount of evidence that should prompt further investigation. You know, the staff and the, and the board of canvassers shouldn't ignore the obvious that there's fraud here. There's forgery here. And they should follow the evidence where it takes them and disqualify other signatures if they're forged. Fred? Yeah, that seems like that normally the bureau would take a look at the challenges that someone submitted and evaluate those challenges and then decide how many signatures were presumptively valid at that point. But there's so much suspicion around both of these petition drives that the the bureau really needs to go line by line, signature by signature and check these things out and do their own hard count. I mean, there's clearly enough challenges and suspicion of, uh, with with both Craig and Johnson that it's it's hard to see how um, you know in the short period of time that a couple of private parties could examine these signatures. The, the bureau has an entire month before the board of canvassers needs to certify the ballot. They should take the time to go line by line and um, and really take a hard look at these. And then I hope there's referrals to the attorney general for prosecution too, because clearly there are people who just absolutely willingly broke the law here there's no misunderstanding that they did it you know for how did i make this mistake oh my gosh no this is like people who caught who collected money and did so under false pretenses but while doing uh, while violating the election law 
Um, I, I need, Karen, you want to go ahead, but I, I got, remind me, I got to tell the, the media out there, sniffing for a story where they should go next. Now, I'm just thinking, is this, you know, internal political sabotage or an external <laughs> political strategy? Um, you know, I mean, it, it, as I'm listening and looking at this, it could be a little of either or both. <laughs> Uh, these guys did this to themselves. These campaigns, uh, whether the candidates are directly responsible or not, uh, they were really misserved by their teams who just didn't pay attention to the details. And if well, you like, can't like listen to that, but, but, it, but it almost, you know, because this has been so consistent, at least in Craig's campaign, you know, there have been a lot of missteps by the people around him. You know, it does make me kind of think, you know, is there. Uh, and in you know politics mark you know this and fred i know you know this as well i mean it's a dirty game so you know with so many repeated missteps you know it almost seems again like some form of sabotage somewhere let me do this i'll, I'll comment on that oh who would have been a sec like you're talking karen um when Craig sends out a campaign fundraising flyer, the state police are called weak need. And then Craig comes and goes, I didn't do that. Somebody, somebody signed my name on that media. Let me give you another one. 2019. Okay. I, I read from the free press. The sergeant who was suspended for not rushing to the scene of last week's fatal shooting of Detroit police officer Rasheen McLean, God rest him, was fired five years ago for behaving cowardly. He stood by and watched a female officer get assaulted, police said. Now, going into the story, according to police, Officer Kidd was fired by a police board in 2014, but his union intervened and helped him keep his job through a plea deal. Craig, however, said he never signed off on that deal and that someone forged his signature by signing his name with a purple pen. Craig said he only uses green pens. <laughs> hmm. You can blame your staff if you want to, chief quality guru. The buck stops with you. And if you want to run this state and fix the unemployment agency, and fix the nursing homes and fix the roads, you gotta be able to get a fucking signature. End of story. Yep, details, yep. And with that. <laughs> we got this far into a podcast without anybody dropping the F-bomb except the host. <laughs> yes. That's what we do here. Guys, uh, it was, oh, one last one. Uh, Mark, you're challenging Tudor Dixon because on these petitions... At the top here are these, these signature um, uh, sheets. It says, party for the office of governor, title of officer, term of expiration. She wrote December 31st, 2026. You're challenging it because it's actually January 1st, 2027? Yes, the law is very clear. Uh, that you know, all of the information in that heading has to be accurate. I had a client a couple of years ago. We used a PO box for his address instead of a street address, and he got tossed off the ballot. Well, let me ask so, you. Let me ask you here. I, I read your filing completely, but I didn't reread it. Very busy this morning. All of Craig's um, nominating petitions also say December thirty uh, first, twenty twenty six. Did you notice that? Yes, and we challenged that. I okay. know it's a 200-page filing, Charlie, but that argument is in the Craig filing as well. And how strong is that? I mean, how strong is well, that? The, the, the board and the law have been very strict about wow. accuracy. That's misleading. 
you know, among other things to a voter when they see false information like that. So we believe that in addition to the forgery, um, the Dixon petition should go down for that reason. Every petition had that erroneous date on it. I mean, it's only 12 hours. I mean, you know, I mean, isn't that kind of nitpicking? Uh, you know, this is a very technical process in terms of what can and cannot be on those petitions. That's a defective petition heading. And like headings like that in the past, it should be enough to throw her off the ballot. Can, can I ask a question? Are we still, are, are we, is it time for us to move to a less antiquated method of uh, validating candidates? She's and, awesome. Often take off, say the word for me, you know, signatures. I mean, are we still in the dark ages in that era? Karen, I think it's really important that candidates for statewide office be required to show some level of popular support. Mm -hmm. um, and signatures is the way you do that. And it shows, you know, it shows a modicum of organization, as Fred has pointed out, you know, or and, and Charlie just said, look, if you want to run this state, you better be able to run a petition drive and get 15,000 valid signatures that show you're organized and you have grassroots support. Well, so I think that the signature requirement serves a very important purpose. Can it, but you want to depend on well, people, uh, you know, and everybody now has, you know, it's different. Once well, here, Karen, time, I, I want to say this. If, if my, my official ballot for office can be mailed to me. Why can't I just mail people saying, sign your name, put your proper address, mail it back to me, and I'll turn it in? Why can't you, you do, do that? that? Charlie, if you do that with the right form, you, that can be done. Hmm. I would really love to see the petition form simplified a lot. I mean, mailing this to people, it's very intimidating. It looks like a tax return. <laughs> it's got a whole bunch of junk on there that really just clutters up the thing. If you could have a simple piece of paper that you mailed to people that said, I want to put John Jones on the ballot for governor sign here without all of the nonsense, I think that would be a very simple way to, to get people on the ballot. But uh, these forms are a little intimidating. Yeah. And, I, and as an election lawyer, I agree with Fred. I mean, this process has gotten way too technical. Um, we still need safeguards. I don't know if I'd simplify the form as much as Fred, but it certainly can be simpler and less intimidating. I want to like a page out of a coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let me check some of these signatures. Anita Cocktoastin, <laughs> Hugh G. Rection, Haywood. Charlie, Charlie. What? This wow. is outrageous. The whole Hunt family. Hey, we were trying to have some fun here, Karen. This isn't that. Flashpoint. <laughs> Listen, it guys. You don't invite me back anymore. You mean let it rip. Well, I'll, I'll tell you back. what, Mark, Fred, you're scratching it, but I'm telling you, this is the biggest news hour in Michigan. It's regular, good-hearted people. Listen, and I want to really want to thank you for making it simple and telling people, and this thing just got live, and Republican Party is a mess. <laughs> a mess. Okay, guys, I, you, you said a hard stop, Mark. That's the hard stop. Thank you, guys. Have a great Thanks weekend. Thank you, Charlie, for having us. Right on. Bye. Well, that's good. It's really interesting looking at the petition again. Uh -huh. Two words that just jump out at you. There's twice it says warning on there to their point about making it, to making but it more you know, simple. But, but think about this, too. I mean, we keep wrangling with what we call the illiteracy rate in this city and in this state. How many people not 
not just don't take the time to read, but how many people don't have the ability to do so? I mean, and it's pretty extensive. You've got to read what are you signing, how the person verbalizes what you're being asked to sign is one thing, and what it says on the actual petition is a completely different thing. One hundo, one hundo. And, and like our guy said, these guys that did this very good, very hard work, and this is the Republican, right, party, which is in disarray over questions about the validity of the vote. And even if these guys manage to squeak through with 15,001 signatures, this is not what the, the base is looking for. Yeah. This is I'll tell you the, the, the most common mistake. Oh, he's still here? <laughs> people don't really misrepresent what's on the petition. They're carrying three or four petitions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll say, okay, this is the petition to raise the minimum wage. Oh. And then in their stack of paper, they hand them the petition for James Craig. They're not trying to trick them. They just, we have to uh, collect each of these signatures by county. So if you're carrying three different petitions and you're operating, say, in Nova, you probably have petitions for Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, maybe Washington or Livingston. You might have 20 different pieces of paper. Yeah. And God blindsided me at Trader Joe's. He said, well, you sign this petition for something for kids or whatever, you know. And again, he's giving me a thumbnail of what that petition said. But then he was like, oh, yeah, well, what about this? one?" And I'm like, dude, he had like six different petitions for yeah. all kinds of stuff. I'm like, whatever. You could spend your afternoon with one of these guys if you wanted to. No. And let's, let's just put this real clear, OK, for people. Maybe you're a little confused if you are here. James Craig has 30 dead people. Mm. on his paperwork dying i did want to question mark on that though i mean it's not unreasonable to think that somebody could have signed the petition back last december yes no and but, then you know by march they're dead but here's the uh, thing here's the thing 30 would be unusual on, on the qualified voters list they have them marked as dead which takes a while right to go through yes and for when, them to get it i went through mark's filings and i and i hit the obituaries people dead in 2018 yeah. Okay. okay. Right. Perry Johnson's got sixty six. If one sixty six, one dead person, seven. They, you know, they probably use the same embalmer he does. sixty <laughs> seven. <laughs> you know, I was at that convention and Perry Johnson was up above on the causeway, right? Yeah. And the lights coming through the atrium windows, and you could like basically see through them. And oh, some some dude that smelled a high cannabis weed, I mean a high caliber weed, he goes. Uh, gotta get him out of the light before he turns the dust oh, <laughs> all right on that note i'm gonna sign off thank Later, you freddie thank you brother right. good afternoon i do i do want to show one more thing to the audience because you were mentioning diallo vaughn yes um i just want people to see his signatures because you said his you actually visited diallo what was his excuse i knocked down his door he said you know his his signature changes a little bit when he's in a rush joe can you put up uh <laughs> and when one year show and remember people that. more people listen to this program they'll watch so. i know so the but they aren't even close to being the same that no, is not, not. A, and does that look like a rushed signature to you karen in any of them you know what actually it looks like somebody intentionally trying to change their signature several times Nailed that's what it looks like yep. now wait well, watch this here okay um Hi. Here, hi, Mark. So, uh, the top signature's got a great big sweeping uh, curly Q yeah. at the top of the D. Go to the third one, and there's a great big sweeping curly Q at the bottom of the D. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in a rush, I don't sign my name backwards. No. <laughs> no, not at all. See the four down here? He does it four with the open top. Yep. Okay, right. then, then go up uh, to the top one. Right there. And it's closed. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's it's weird. Well, you know what? They're, they're not even close. He's, he's, you know, it's what he says. It's right. what he says. I mean, and by the way, this is this is public documents, a court filing. So when they're saying forgery, they're we're quoting from documents. We're not accusing anybody, mm -hmm. right? We, you know, that's that's the law. I'm just saying. Okay. Now, how do we get out of this pre-recording? Uh, just like you just that. did. Boop, this has been pre-recording. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Hey! <laughs> All the same hey, intro. How you doing? Let's talk about Republicans. <laughs> Wait, we already did that part. Whoa! That was fascinating. Even though I already heard it. Whoa! Thought it was really good. Oh, that's, uh, I'm sorry. I'm a wonk. Now you get a picture into my life, what I'm doing Wednesday. You know, mm -hmm. I feel bad in this COVID thing or working for yourself. You're supposed to be in the office doing stuff. But that's what I do. Basically, well, you're, all, you're all involved with like, what the fuck? This will be interesting to see what happens. That's what I do with my phone. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, now I got to look at that. I got to look up that. I got to go knock on the door. I got to call a lawyer. I got to do... This is... Not good. Publicans. Now, here's the question that I didn't ask him. Hey, uh, Freddie, Freddie the Republican, right? Mm -hmm. How come nobody challenged Whitmer's signatures? That's mm -hmm. a good question. That's a fair question. But that's what I said, Charlie. This is political strategy or political sabotage. And I think that's applicable for both sides, both parties, internally and externally. We just don't know which it is yet. I just think yeah. you like James Craig better than these guys, and you're making an excuse well, you for know, him. I, I have respect for him. You know, he's he's been a good friend. I like who he is and what he does. I'm not going to do anything to to undermine him. Now, that doesn't take away from the realities that he's faced as a candidate. I mean, I can't change the color, you know, of the sky or of a banana, and I'm not going to try to. Um, he, he has had some some missteps in that campaign. Um, but you know, I'm def that's not who I am, Charlie. You know, I, well, I'm I got to say this, Karen. I mean, yeah. and you know, everybody listening, I got that makes me respect you even more. I don't hear that from the, you know, what's her name? Uh, the White House spokesperson, Jen Saki. Saki. Mm -hmm. They, she's going. Is she going to MSNBC? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. That's dishonest. Money. Well, yeah, no, but it's dishonest by the sure. network to I pick agree. a partisan. Karen is the only one I know in the in the whole fucking country that says, yes, I know him, I respect him, I, and I'm, I'm letting you know where I'm coming from. Donna Brazile doesn't do that. James Carville doesn't do that. And I don't know what Republicans, because they're usually whack jobs and they're not even interesting on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah no. the, only, the only interesting Republican on TV is Tucker Carlson, and he's telling people to tan their balls. <laughs> But how many people do you see that are called, wh whether they're local or national? And this is another reason. This is why I don't work on campaigns. I don't want my opinion to be subjective. If I'm a paid person involved in your campaign, then, of course, what do you expect me to say? I think it's only natural to be able to disclose that because it shapes your opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would rather stay back, give my objective uh, perspective and opinion and encourage people to think for themselves. Now, I'm going to say this to... Uh... Chief Craig, former Chief Craig, I, my brother, I told you, you got a bunch of boneheads working for you. You got a bunch of rats working for you. I told you, the guy that used to run Craig's strategy is now running Perry the Mummy Johnson's strategy. I've never heard of this. It's very bad. 
it, it, Republican people, it's very bad. Trust, trust me and Karen. At least we're honest with you. Minimum. Uh, oh, by the way, is there a picture of me and Karen? Yeah. Let me start with it. Ebony. <laughs> I don't like my picture, Charlie. <laughs> I don't like it either. You you look of you look a I'm mess. You, I do. You look overweight. I'm just gonna say it because I do. You do, and, and look and, old. and look at you look now. Like, Wait a minute, time out. Doesn't look. Oh, like how her. dare you say that about Karen? <laughs> if if you're watching, you see what I'm saying. If you're listening, looking beautiful, thin, smiling. I don't like that picture. But that, one, that one over there. Yeah, you look like you look like um, Whoopi over there. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> you look like Whoopi over there in that one. Now, now let's put that back up for those of you listening. Just bear with us. I'm I'm looking good. I'm looking like I'm looking good. Now, <laughs> yeah, you cut, are Charlie. Yeah, you do. Cut, cut to me live. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jesus! Oh my gosh! Like getting out of the shower. Look at the COVID belly. Flop. So Karen's doing better. I'm doing worse. It's all in it. It's all in the snap. Oh, you know, I actually did see my belly. Yeah. Gross. Gross. I don't. I don't, don't want to hear it from you. Fucking hair growing in. I want to hear it from you. It went right over my. Yeah. Your neck looks nice. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Right. Your neck is looking better, especially when you like. Which one of them? Like you know, you know the one. The yeah. Oh Jesus! Do it there. Your chin, not so much. There you go. Yeah. But that's okay, Karen, because there's always tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> that means we were drinking whiskey during the pre-tape stuff. That's what that means. <laughs> oh, you guys were. Okay. Yeah, well, we, were, I mean. we, we were toasting you. Yeah, you don't oh, worry. You know, okay, I was drinking a green juice. This you know? is one of your many problems. At least I could say my COVID gut is booze. What was with <laughs> your what's with your whoopee picture? What was up with what was that? Bad photographer. No, he was a very nice young man. It's not, it's just, you know, I mean, oh, you get oh. you walk. Oh, what? no, 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 no. Wait, go back, go back, go back, go back. What? Wait, that was when we did we did the pub shots this week? That yes. Was, that, oh, these that were was... the... God damn, I do look pretty good. <laughs> Charlie, we were uh -oh. talking about me. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know how you spell Karen? M-E. <laughs> <laughs> well, the photo exists because the news finally announced that you guys are going to be writing for him. Columnist. Yes. Uh, Which, Karen, once again, I mean, I already heard that here, but. We are columnists. Karen, on Tuesday, me on Wednesday, we got stuff to say thanks to you. Yeah. And the reason we took it, we love the Detroit News. I've worked there before. Mm -hmm. I love them. But we took it because mm, all of a sudden what we're doing here in the basement is mainstream. Or level. This again, this is going to be a great Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I'm going to start writing about what you wrote about. And like, wouldn't that be great? Sure. Wait, Let's see how that goes, Charlie. <laughs> who's Tuesday? Who's Wednesday? Uh, I'm Tuesday, Tuesday Wells, and she's... Oh. Well, she I'm Tuesday. He's Wednesday. But you know what? I wouldn't mind being Wednesday, that, like Wednesday Adams. That would be pretty cool. Oh, and I'd like to be Tuesday Wells. So there oh. you go. Okay, we can work this out. We can work it out. We can work it out. Okay, now we're getting into do 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 do, do breaking news. Let's hurry and get out. The No Bullshit News Hour first brought to the attention of the American people that a person on the terror watch list was apprehended by Border Patrol and yet allowed to get on a bus and come to Detroit. Never happened, no record of that. 
Other outlets pick it up, including Todd Bensman from uh, the, what is this shit, the Center for Immigration Studies, very good writer. For the first time in American history, the Department of Homeland Security has revealed and published the amount of encounters of people on the terror watch list caught on the southern border trying to sneak into the country. I slide over to Mark. And hopefully he'll put the slide up for you, but let me slide over here. There you go. Okay, here's what we got. U.S. Border Patrol encounters between ports of entry of non-U.S. citizens, TSDB, the terrorist database. Terrorist suspects caught in the brush. In the four years of Donald Trump, two, six, three. That would be 11. And since uh, Biden was inaugurated a year and four months ago, 42, 42, not suspected people on the terror watch list, 42 in a year and a half. Now, it's important to say this, Title 42, remain in Mexico, whether you're seeking asylum or whatever else, you got to stay there because of COVID. There's going to be a discussion about is that thing going to be continued on or is it going to be dropped? Mm Mm-hmm. Point being this, ladies and gentlemen, some people have told you it's a fantasy to believe that terrorists are coming in through the southern border. We now not see that's not the case. That's the first time the federal government has told you that. I, Karen, will never, ever, and if I do, then I changed in life. I will never, ever knock on a migrant, illegal, legal, or otherwise, trying to harass him, her, or the kid. I won't do that. I've said to you, I'm on the record, if I'm from a dump, I'm sorry, shithole, is that what was the word that was, was going around? Yeah. You know, I won't say that, because nobody's shit. Okay, a couple people is shit. Marcel Vitrucci is shit. They are, they're, 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 they're fucking terrorists. I will never knock on your door for that. But if you're a terrorist, you're going to find me on your door. And I need something better from this government than this. Because so far, we've apprehended 2.5 million since Biden was inaugurated. And 2 million, by studies, have gotten in here. What's going to happen at the end of next month? Ask yourself that that's fair, man. And that's not racist. And that's not... Anything to do with a political party is we as a country and we as people got to have the discussion. And I'm in the middle of it, man. You can't get rid of me, Karen. What do you think? 42? Title 42. Yeah, how many people? 42, ironically. 42, title 42. How ironic. Karen, no terrorists uh, in the country. That's, that's, let me just say that's interesting. And it is something that we need to watch and pay attention to, Charlie. I mean, These are people, too, you know, Um, and I I just I think that the situation deserves respect, um, but it also deserves a very careful and watchful eye. It needs order, doesn't it? Again, we we, we learned that when we talked to uh, what's the the gentleman, the good looking guy from the border that we talked to. Oh, hey, yo, yo, Chris, you hear that? (laughs) He kind of thinks you're cute, too. Karen Beeman. Okay, listen, (laughs) here's what we do. Here's what we do. Tim, sorry. You know, I was just saying, Uh, (laughs) take down the Oprah picture. Yeah. Don't show Chris the Oprah picture. 
No. Yeah, we're going to get we'll get Listen, I'm sure Chris has taken bad photos too. Cabrera down there at the border. So what did we, we I'm sorry I got lost. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie. I don't even remember what I was saying. Uh, now. You were saying <laughs> Chris. Talk about how oh, hot Cabrera is. Yeah, Cabrera. Cabrera. <laughs> we were talking we were we were talking about the lack of organization. Yeah, Cabrera can hit you 3000 times. You know what I'm saying? The lack of the lack of strategy, you know, in terms of managing the um, the people that are coming across the border, what happens to them, monitoring them, you know, whether or not they are tested, where are they placed, what's going to happen to them. We also talked about and learned about the influence of the cartel on this whole transaction. So, I mean, there are a lot of I like everything with a lot of moving pieces, but. It just, you know, it's one more thing that we got to watch, Charlie. God damn. And you know what, girl? It started down here. It did. It, oh. America, you're, wel you're welcome. There's power in all of us. Just remember that you're somebody. Now, finally, let's go to this. The economy took a shit. We've been telling you took a shit. GDP, mm -hmm. gross domestic product, all economic activity down 1.4% over last year. Inflation last month up 0.7% times 0.7 by 12, uh, 8.4 for the year. Ain't no sign of it letting up. Now, economists will tell you, yeah, well, you know, it's less government spending because government spending is part of economic activity, apparently. And uh, imports uh, outweigh uh, exports. That means we ain't making shit. We're flipping burgers and working the ATM machines. Don't believe a man when I tell you, get your financial house in order. Get your financial house in order. Predicted it all. Karen, you got worries about a recession? You were saying. Well, yeah, I was just saying, you know, I mean, we need to really ask ourselves, are we headed toward a recession? But in the meantime, like you pointed out, Charlie, think about what that means just for an individual's household. You know, inflation is off the charts. Um, people are making less. They are, what do they call it? You know, when you're paying for more and you're getting less. Shrink, less shrinkflation. A fucking ripoff. Yeah. I mean, but you, I, I paid $5 and 14 cents for a gallon of gas the other day. I mean, that's what it, it's crazy. So, you know, but premium. that's premium, but, uh, but how, you know, how does this impact the average family and what do you do? How do you prepare yourself? I spoke to a lady yesterday. She says, you know, I worked professionally all my life, you know, she said, I thought I'd be in a different place. Um, she said, but circumstances have made me wonder, like, you know, what does my 401k actually mean? How is this going to help me through retirement and my older age? Like, it's a lot. It, it's, it's a lot. But I do say all the time, no matter what you make or what you don't make, watch and manage your money. You have to be able to put your hands on some money and take what little you have and make it work for you. Because if I don't got none, I'm taking yours. Yeah, you're now, right, Charlie. Now, this I'm very proud to be, uh, you know, I'm still going to be at DeadlineDetroit.com. It's the long-form stuff, and I'm going to still try to write the column. I'm going to work extra hard. And you don't have to like everything I'm doing or what Karen's doing, but please give us a try. And Deadline Detroit is very meaningful in this yep. town. Yep. Oh, it, it is. It, it, it is. is. If they had more reporters, it'd be the best place. Yeah. They write the best. A little bit of freedom. Yeah. Isn't they write the best? They distill like that long, boring shit you read, which, by the way, is always and usually very important, right? Yeah. But they get to the meat of the matter. They're like John Stewart of local media. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, anything else? No. Later. Oh, <laughs> one what? more. What? What? Speaking of up and down, up and down, a rocket. Oh wow! Companies. Yeah. Laying off 1,500 people. They got that skyscraper we've been talking about, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I'm not going to put it up. 
but I'm going to tell you. I've got some video picture of Dan Gilbert. He's not doing well. Pretty sad. He doesn't look well. He looks shriveled. And I'm not mocking because I really wish you well, sir. I wish you well. Not only as a human being, but as a leader of this community that we live in. We want you to do well. We want you to recover. We want you to be healthy. Not just as a human, but a lot of us eat from your table. 1,500 are gone. And I, looking at this, made, made me sad as a human. I don't pity you. I know you're a strong dude. But I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I, I don't know about any skyscraper. I don't know about any mortgage company. Uh, it's me, personally. Don't hate me. It's just me. I'm going to do it. I look at a guy trying to set life up for his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. Take that into consideration. All the rest, you're trying to do that as well. Right? Don't, don't believe the mirage. Don't believe the magical pixie dust. Think for yourself. Do not hate. I liked them people mm -hmm. at the convention. I got along. And I want to give a shout out to Captain Mike Brown. Okay. Who's running for governor. He's, he's a captain of the state police on the west side over there. That wigger. <laughs> you know what that wigger did? What? He. <laughs> what did you call him? Wigger. Oh my God! Is that inappropriate? Mm, I guess it would be, but I was just shocked to hear you say that. Well, I know what you're saying. We'll Go fix ahead. it in post. <laughs> the W word. Sorry, Mike. Uh, that gentleman <laughs> sponsored the smoking lounge. All right, and we got to smoke right in front of the doors. I'm I'm liking that. That's a smart man. I'm liking that. <laughs> we'll fix that in post. I don't know right? what to expect out of you, Charlie. Yeah, we're too much. Yeah, <laughs> we're not fixing anything. That's why I like writing. <laughs> because you can pause and take a breath. Yeah, but this is real. Whatever it was, don't hold it against me or do. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Karen. Love you guys back. Thank right. you. Hey, Drew, we're done. Turn on the heat. <laughs>